there, I'm Josh Elledge, the Chief Executive Angel at SavingsAngel.com, and welcome to the Savings Angel Show. I'm podcasting to you right on the cusp of summer from sunny Orlando, Florida. Now, I'm a a busy, very, very, very busy consumer expert, money-saving advocate, syndicated newspaper columnist. Man, I've been doing that for about 13 years. And that guy that helps consultants go from six figures to seven figure rock stars at upmyinfluence.com. Now, if you know anyone who sells to business owners, I would love to feature them as a guest on my other podcast, The Thoughtful Entrepreneur. Now, if you know anyone who'd be a good business owner that would love to be featured, love consultants, love B2B business owners. Anyway, you could go to upmyinfluence.com slash podcast and you'll see that. Now, I love all the stuff I get to do and I can't wait to get going on today's episode. So in order to help you save more, earn more and live more abundantly on today's show, I'm going to be covering how to combat the rising price of groceries. I'm also going to help you save on insurance premiums. I've got some hacks for you. And finally, we're going to talk about a really uh, an effort that I just believe in. I love these guys. They're doing great work to help uh, end food waste, which is such a major problem. Uh, and so I'm going to be talking with my friend TJ Galliardi uh, in this episode as well. All that and more. So let's get going. Now, lately across many news outlets and platforms, we've been hearing about the prices of necessities like groceries, food, and gas have have risen in in certain areas, right? A lot of just supply-demand thing. There's no big conspiracy. It's just, this is just how it goes, right? These are just consumer cycles. Please do not panic and do not panic buy, right? Many sources just attribute distribution production slowdowns during COVID over the past year or culprits. But listen, no matter what the reason, this is starting to hit consumers directly noticeably. Okay, here are a few ways for you to stay on the lookout for these price differences. And I want you to combat them on behalf of you, your family, your household, and protect your budget. Number one, I want you to pay close attention to cost. Now, this seems easy enough, right? However, It is entirely too easy to lose track of the individual costs of necessities like food items, toiletries, paper towels, and more. Take a day to go to a couple of different stores and compare pricing. Which store gives you the most bang for your buck overall? Don't forget to look at the little details like the cost per ounce of something. Is the bigger bottle priced better per ounce? Maybe, maybe not. Also, take note of what you've spent on your grocery bill in months past. Are you paying a bit more now than you were back then, but for the same items? Try to identify where these price differences are occurring already in your grocery haul, if you can, so that you can scout for the best prices on those specific items. Shopping with a competitive mindset can help you immensely in the long term. Don't spend more than you need to for the items you need and always seek out the best deal. Number two, plan your grocery shopping ahead. Self-evident or not, too many consumers shop with their stomachs and not with a list. Plan your meals and shopping before you leave the house. Figure out what you need this week, what you don't, and 
plan meals around what you have in the fridge and pantry already. When you shop, stick to your list. Now, again, I'm also a big fan of making sure that the items that you're putting on those lists are the store's best deals, right? And of course, when you get a really good deal, like if there's a really good BOGO or there's you have a, access to a really good coupon, well, guess how many I want you to buy? I want you to buy about three months worth of that, right? It just, you know, whatever you can use comfortably before the quote unquote expiration date, before, you know, before it goes bad. That's how many I want you to buy because I don't want you to buy that stuff. I don't want you to buy anything at full price. Heaven forbid. All right. So again, don't shop off list or you and your wallet are bound to be victims of these rising prices. Number three, use coupons and savings apps. This is easy. You can do this. As always, make sure you're using coupons and savings apps provided by big box stores. Most stores offer prime savings and deals for users of their apps in order to incentivize usage. You got to finish that whole word. Incentivize usage. So use them. Not only that, but most stores also digitize their weekly ads and include them in these apps. They update weekly so you can plan your shopping trip around what's on sale or BOGO this week. You can use savings methods such as these. Again, it's easier than ever. No more scissors and paper cuts from clipping coupons. Remember those days? (laughs) And they're fast, efficient, and in tune with the modern consumer. Taking the few extra minutes this week to browse your store app for deals to take advantage of is one of the easiest ways to save. You could easily save an extra $8, $12, $20, $30 just by looking at savings opportunities within the apps. Finally, choose cost-effective meals. Cost-effective doesn't mean that you need to eat instant ramen for dinner all the time. Things like ready-to-go frozen meals may seem cheap, but can be sneakily priced. They seem cheap because of the time you might save in meal prep, but comparing the cost of convenient meals in the frozen section to the cost of produce or meats or canned goods speaks for itself. You probably have the majority of these ingredients for easy, quick, homemade meals already. Things like spices and olive oil are typically in your pantry. Also, consider how long you can stretch your dollar. $10 for a single frozen family meal can equal a lot of produce and meat items that would have lasted several meals. These are all things to consider when you're trying to combat the rising costs of necessities. Shop vigilantly and you won't need to allocate more of your grocery budget. And shopping vigilantly is absolutely part of living abundantly. So, hey, savings angel friend, let's have a real conversation about your insurance premium. All right, go take a look at what you're spending right now. I bet I can save you some money. We all have to spend a good chunk of change on insurance premiums every month. Insurance is one of those things that we really can't go without. And guess what? Insurance companies know it. They're selling ice water in the desert. So what do we do? We allocate a crazy amount each month, each year to insurance premiums. The term affordable insurance seems like an oxymoron these days. Let's take a step back because in reality, there are ways to save on insurance. 
okay? If you have a little bit of help for competitive rates, you could actually save, if we do this right, you could save an average of $961 a year on your home and auto insurance premiums, for real, That's what Gabby can do for you. Gabby takes the anxiety out of shopping for insurance. It's a tool. It's it's a great, it's it's a fantastic tool that you can use. You can get this priced out right now and see how much you could save. Gabby gives you an honest apples-to-apples comparison of your current coverage. It compares your current coverage to competitive rates from the top 40 insurance providers in the nation. It only takes a few minutes to link up your current insurance on Gabby's website and start comparing. It's easy. A few minutes of your time is definitely worth what you could save on those premiums. I used Gabby myself this year when I reviewed my annual expenses, and I I always look for ways to bootstrap and save where I can. I like being smart with my money. And I know you do too. That's why you listen to this podcast. So I want to help you and myself avoid spending more than we need to on necessities like home and auto insurance. Gabby's amazing. I switched my car insurance coverage and saved over $65 a month on my premium. $65 times 12 That's some serious good money right there that I get to keep now. Now, as I mentioned, Gabby customers save an average of $961 annually. My favorite thing about Gabby is that if they can't find you a better rate, you can rest easy knowing that you have the best rate out there for what you need covered. No matter what, your wallet and budget will rest easy when you use Gabby. Also rest assured, Gabby will never sell your information. If you do, oh man, don't get me started on that. I I, I gotta be quiet. I, I gotta be careful. I don't wanna get myself in trouble here. But Gabby does not do that. Mm-hmm. That other, yeah, mm, they do that. Don't use that other <clears throat> service. Use Gabby. No robocalls, no spam, no endless calls from insurance salespeople. Okay, you're probably overpaying on car and home insurance right now. You're losing, you actively lost money last month. See how much Gabby can save you. It's totally free to check. There's no obligation. Go to gabby.com slash savings angel. That's G A. B-I.com slash savings angel, all one word, Gabby.com slash savings angel. And thank you to our friends from Gabby for sponsoring this segment. All right, with us right now, TJ Galliardi, you are the CMO and co-founder of Outcast Foods, found on the web at outcastfoods.com. So TJ, you and I were talking before we started hitting record and you're like, okay, yeah, no, this this guy's on one right here. He's We, sh- <laughs> we share a passion about uh, the problem, the massive problem that Outcast Foods is doing some good work to solve. And I'm going to let you introduce what that problem is that you're helping to solve. Yeah, Josh, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. And Happy to talk about this this gigantic issue that we're trying to we're trying to solve at Outcast Foods. So, you don't have to turn very far to see images of of full crops of food going to waste, yep. or you know, groceries uh, sending away truckloads of waste that's perfectly edible. Um, to know that it's a it's a gigantic issue, food waste. So, what what we've done at Outcast Foods is come up with a unique technology to 
dehydrate the the fruits and vegetables that would have otherwise gone to waste for ridiculous issues like cosmetics um you know misfit ugly produce everyone knows about that but yeah. best if used by dates or just errors in supply chain so um that's what we we've set out to tackle and uh, we're three years in and making some good progress I am a such a fan of this. And, you know, my other work was Savings Angel. So part of my role there was to help consumers cut their grocery bill in half. And, uh, you know, it's so rare, uh, unfortunately, today, um, you know, that grocery stores don't just have everything in a, uh, you know, uh, it's like, hey, look, here's the, you know, if you need the brand new green banana, well, here you go. And I remember, and I just don't think I see this very often. Maybe other chains are better at this, but there's, you know, there's the bananas that are perfect for baking. I remember that being a thing. And I just don't think I see that very often today or, you know, uh, uh, you know, a day old or, or uh, bakery products, um, things that are getting close to their quote unquote expiration date, which we can talk about as well. Um, but I can tell you right now, expiration dates are kind of scammy. If you understand the reason that expiration dates exist, expiration dates have very little to do with food safety. Um, And they're not indications to the consumer. Um, what they are is they're basically just a, a you know it's it's a it's a it's a it's an inventory rotation date and so if you look at websites like Still Tasty for example you'll see that there are so many products that if it's canned or boxed or whatever it is right it's it's perfectly fine to <laughs> use well beyond the best if used by date. So, I mean, that's a whole nother issue that, that, you know, I've done, I've done TV segments about this and you want to see me get mad about something because ultimately what I know, TJ, and I'm sorry, this is your interview. I got to shut up here <laughs> is ultimately what I know is while that food is being thrown away, there are people and there are people in our communities that go hungry and because they don't have the budget to be able to afford what they need and what they want. And so therefore, you know, it's, it's maddening that, that, that retailers, manufacturers throwing away all this perfectly good food and people are going hungry because they can't afford to feed their family. That is a crime in my opinion. Yeah. You know what? I'm glad you brought up the banana example. And, you know, I think, I think as consumers were quick to vilify the grocers and the major chains in, in the world, but uh, I've learned the other side of it as well. So for example, uh, bananas, you know, a truckload of bananas is going to show up at a grocer's distribution center. The second it arrives, they're going to decide if that product is good enough to go out to all of their stores and their mm. network. If they show up and they're too yellow, they're going to show up at the stores by the time they get out there and shipped out there logistically, they're going to have brown spots on them. And us as consumers, we've built this, this expectation of absolutely perfect produce. We're not going to buy it. That's right. They're just going to have to pay again to ship it off to a landfill. So I understand their side, but at the same time, you know, it is a crime that it goes to waste. So thankfully, you know, we're around now, they can call us and say, Hey, guys, we got a 53 foot truck of bananas, they showed up, they're too yellow, will you guys take them and upcycle them. So it's, uh, it's a crazy world that we live in. But we we really have built this, this expectation of perfect, everything has to be pristine. And if it's not, it's just going to sit on the shelf till it goes bad. Yeah, yeah, you know, so here's what I like about what you're the way that you've chosen to pass along 
or or find new life in something that might otherwise just go straight to the landfill. So dehydration is a no-brainer because um you know the the other like and I think you mentioned their product line. I don't want to I don't want to diss them, but we had a we didn't really like the experience because it um it it really didn't work. Um, by the time we got the product, um, yes, the misshapen. We'll just use that terminology. Uh, you know, uh, produce products that we got. Um, it was it was pretty messy by the time we got it, and we found that, you know, yes, were we doing something that was maybe good for the environment by using these? Yeah, but the pricing it just really wasn't. Say it really the savings wasn't really there, um, and. The quality was pretty bad. So that from a consumer standpoint, like, yes, while I want to support that, it, it wasn't really a big enough win for us with that model. But that said, the dehydration model is a no-brainer because it, the shelf life, it's now you've just, I'll let you talk about the, the shelf life of a product. What, what just happened when you took it through that process? Yeah, absolutely. So when myself and my co-founder, Dr. Darren Burke, set out on this mission, it was really about finding a scalable solution. So fresh, while everyone has the ability to create what they want out of a fresh product, so um, that other company that we talked about there, they're, they're doing a great thing and they're reducing massive amounts of food waste, but at the same time, you're not extending the shelf life. So you're yeah. still dealing with a product that has a very limited shelf life. So when you dehydrate fruits and vegetables, you give them a two to three year shelf life. That's Isn't a long that amazing. Time. That's a really long time. You should be able to use that up in that period. Absolutely. So um, what we're doing is we're, we're dehydrating it. We're finding partners that want to use it in their current product already. So better for you snack companies, pet food companies, even cosmetic companies that are using these products. So dehydration has been around for eons. We're not reinventing the wheel. We've only come up with our own, our own unique energy efficient process because if you're a sustainable company, you can't just be burning energy um, to save energy, right? Mm -hmm. So um, that's kind of, that's our whole, that's our whole ethos and our brand. Yeah. Now I want to talk about the process a little bit because um, someone might say, well, wait a minute, I'm going to be losing all the nutrients, but that's not the case. So here's what, here's what I know, right? So when we talk about produce, like there's this, there's this image that the, the best, highest quality, fullest nutrient uh, uh, version of a fruit or vegetable is going to be in the produce section. Now, according to the USDA, that's just not the case because if you look at what's in the frozen food section, what's canned or whatever, um, the biggest difference, I'll tell you why, uh, and I know you know this, right? But I'm kind of showing off my, my savings angel geekery here. Um, so when produce is typically picked because it needs to be in a produce section on the other side of the planet, it's generally picked extremely early in the ripening season, which doesn't really allow it to get its full spectrum of nutrients because it's picked so early to get to the store shelf fresh. Products that are being sent for frozen food distribution, actually, they, look, there's all the incentive to let it fully ripen. So now you actually have a far superior product. The process of flash fruit, flash chilling, uh, flash chilling or flash freezing um, does very little to the composition in terms of uh, impacting its nutrient quality. So you're actually getting much healthier products when you get it in that minimally processed version, either canned, frozen, or in this case, dehydrated. 
Josh, I'm impressed. You know your stuff. It's uh, that's pretty good to hear. But yeah, it's it's an interesting setup, right? So that's that's a good segue into why we're working with our main inbound supplier, which is farms, because the product you're getting, you're 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 basically harvesting it at its peak. Mm-hmm. So you're not you're not taking it out three weeks early so it can sit in a shipping container and go across the ocean or or drive across the country or drive north from Mexico, right? So you're you're getting it at it's really it's prime time and that gives us time to to process it. So um uh basically we have that that leeway where we can we can know when to run it through our system. Um we we put it through at its peak time. And then on top of that, the other thing we're dealing with here is is our dehydration process. So mm-hmm. the typical dehydration processes are uh drum drying and spray drying, which happens a lot in China because it's cheap. Uh but the negative of it is it's at such a high temperature that the product is degrading fast. So mm-hmm. that's a big part of our mission is we didn't want to have this product that we're saving and have it have very minimal nutrient quality. We wanted it to be high quality and that's why we we dehydrate it at a low thermal temperature which maintains a high level of the nutrients. So let's go through and talk about the the pro, the Outcast products then. So if you go to outcastfoods.com, you'll see exactly what TJ is about to explain here. But can you go through and talk about the the products that are available and you know what the what the you know kind of the consumer process like how someone orders that and and what they're getting? Yeah, so that's that's good. We have we have two sides of our business. We have the B2B side, the business to business, which we sell mm-hmm. our ingredients. So that's what I was talking about before. Oh man, that's, that's wonderful. Yeah, and that get that lets us have a larger impact. So, you know, you're looking at multinational companies that are using tens of millions, if not hundreds of millions of pounds of, of dehydrated product in their in their brands every single year. So for us, we thought, okay, we could have our own brand and make an impact and and as it grows, you know, serve a, a larger um, percentage of the food waste population, but mm. or we could sell ingredients and really find a, a way to sell to these large companies and essentially up our impact even more significantly. So, so we have the B2B side and that really happens from brands that are looking to, to have sustainably sourced ingredients and, and make their brands reduce food waste. And the easiest way is to, to partner with Outcast Foods. And then we have a supplement brand as well. So that, that sells directly on our website. It's in uh, thousands of retailers as well. And that's uh, what you typically expect from plant-based proteins. We have uh, five different flavors and it utilizes a lot of the upcycled fruits and vegetables that we, we run through our process. Yeah. You know, I, I can tell you that, um, you know, one opportunity to, you know, because I think there's a lot of times there's a challenge for folks to get in the nutrients that they need. Um, You know, I used to be a pretty heavy dude um, and I lost a lot of weight just simply by investing more into um, more produce centric meals, right? So certainly less on the simple carbs and the sugars and stuff. But the biggest thing was just, I wanted more fiber. I wanted more vitamins and, you know, from whole foods. And one of those things I would, you know, I would do a lot of green smoothies. Um, and man, I felt so great. You know, we were able to, you know, give this to our kids. So, you know, if you got dehydrated, you know, food, that's like, it's that original, you know, it's that source 
material. And now you look at just the, the amount of nutrition that you or your kids, your family can now get because you're eating this when they want a snack rather than, and it's delicious, right? You can make green smoothies. You can make, it could be super green. Like you could throw like, you know, a, a bag of kale in there and you believe it or not, you can make it tasty uh, if you, you know, make sure you supplement it with the right thing. So it's just, it's a very efficient way for consumers to get the nutrition that they want. Yeah, it's extremely it's just extremely convenient. It's so simple. You put a scoop of it in with mixed with water. You can mix it with frozen fruit, whatever you want. And it tastes delicious and it's very healthy. So um, it's, it's really a hack in order to give yourself more nutrients in the day. Mm, yeah, I love it. So um, tell me about the history of this. Like, how did this get put together? Yeah. So uh, I always like to say that I'm not a, a food scientist or an engineer. I used to be a professional hockey player. I, I played in uh, the NHL for seven years and played. No overseas. kidding. Yeah. How about that? Played overseas. Now you, for- you may have, forgive me. I'm not a big hockey fan. So uh, <laughs> if I didn't know that ahead of time, you know, <laughs> no sorry problem. about that, not to bruise your ego or anything. <laughs> Absolutely not. No, I, I love what I'm doing now. And uh, that's, that's my past, but that, that was where I met my co-founder, uh, Darren Burke. He, he had been selling supplements to pretty much every professional team. He had, he had created a brand and um, grew that from a $50,000 line of credit to over 20 million in revenue. So it was one of the top three supplement companies in Canada. And um, he had a successful exit and my hockey career was winding down. And the two of us uh, both are plant-based and wanted to start a business together. And food waste was the thing that we wanted to try to tackle. And here mm. we are three years later. Man, I love it. I love it. All right. So what's the future now for, for Outcast Foods? Yeah. So we just closed our, our Series A financing. We raised $10 million. And, Good for uh, you. Yeah, who, thanks. Who was, it, who was it that got in on that? And I would imagine, I, at least I hope, like mission was a big part of like what they saw. Yeah, absolutely. Right. So uh, we have two venture capital firms that invested. One is uh, District Ventures uh, at Capital, which is out of Calgary, uh, where mm. my hometown is. And the other is uh, BDC, which is Business Development Canada. They have a clean tech practice. So oh, um, yeah, they helped us close our, our Series A. And we're actually in the process of building a 46,000 square foot facility, uh, processing facility in Southern Ontario, just out, outside. Oh my gosh. And that'll, that'll uh, process a million and a half pounds of product every single month. So oh. starting to make a big impact on the food waste world. No kidding. And so, you know, naturally, so I'm down here in Orlando, Florida, and Calgary's a little bit a ways from, so I'm, I'm interested, you know, in terms of like impact, you know, this is probably, you know, uh, you know, something that can be replicated. I don't know if you need one hub for, well, I guess you could, you can. You know, you know, if it's, we're talking dehydration, we've got, you know, a two year shelf life on this. Sure, you could do everything in one location. So now it's just a, a distribution game to the rest of the world. Yeah, our plan is expansion. And that's really just to, to cut down on logistics because, you know, you don't want to be running trucks all over the country to bring sure. you product. So for us, it's about being as close to the waste as possible. But frankly, you could drop a pin really anywhere on the globe mm. and have a business case for a facility. That's how much food waste there is. So we yep. have plans to expand and get into the US where there's a uh, hundred times more waste than there is in Canada. Mm, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. This is so exciting. And, you know, when we think about food tech, right, it, it's, I don't think people understand just 
how much technology and just how much evolution has taken place. I mean, going back to Norman Borlaug that, you know, it's it's like th- this is an area like if you look at the history of food production and distribution, it is like it's um, it's what is it Moore's law, right? It's like the, this exponential growth in um, production and um, quality and improvement uh, in in making sure that we can feed the planet and do so sustainably. There's so much exciting. There's so many exciting things that have happened over the past several decades, and there's no slowdown. And it's things like this that are a part of this. I think are just really exciting. So TJ, man, thank you so much for you know, taking this idea and like, what if, you know, what if we could do this? And, and this is really exciting. So congratulations on the funding, um, you know, again, outcastfoods.com. Um, what about retailers? So for consumers that want to buy outcast products, um, can, do they, is it, it's more than just buying it at the website, right? Yeah, absolutely. It, it's sold pretty much everywhere in Canada. We're just launching into the U.S. this summer, so you'll be able to find us at Sprouts and a few other big retailers. And um, yeah, it starts with awareness, right? So uh, really appreciate you having me on and letting us spread the word about food waste and about Oakhouse Foods. Fantastic. All right, TJ Galliardi. Again, the website outcastfoods.com. You're the uh, the CMO and co-founder. Thank you so much, TJ, for uh, for sharing this and allowing me to further uh, geek out on this subject <laughs> because it's one that I'm just, as you can tell, uh, my audience is like, man, Josh is really on one on this one. <laughs> but it's the subject I care about so passionately. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks again. So if you've loved hearing everything on this podcast, please share this episode with a friend. People need this information. You and I together can change lives. I recommend taking a screenshot with your phone and posting it on the Facebook or wherever you hang out most. Sure, you can make a TikTok of this if you want. Now, as always, if you have any specific questions or if there's something you'd like to hear me talk about, you could drop me a comment in the podcast feedback, write me in our Facebook group, or you can call my super secret podcast hotline at 407-205-9250 and leave me a message. I'll answer your question, write you back or with your permission. I might even share your question or story with others on this show. We get tons of ideas from our audience, which is if you why if you go to savingsangel.com and you search our blog, you will find over 12 years of money-saving consumer advice. It's a great free resource for you and your family. With that, have a wonderful week full of saving more, earning more, and living more abundantly. And thank you for listening. Please do not panic.